Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of God that is in this place. And as I step back, I invite the spirit of God to minister to your people, your word. And Lord, I thank you that your word will never return to you void. And so I declare for breakthrough. I declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word today. And I thank you for ministering to our hearts like never before. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I want to share a message entitled, Walking in God's Presence. Walking in God's Presence. And this teaching is actually a result that a message uh, Pastor Robert Morris did when our staff and I went to a Gateway Church Leadership Conference this year. And so he was so gracious to share his notes with me. And so his notes, along with my study and my prayer, my goal today is hopefully this message will impact your life in a powerful way. And so one thing that I'm going to do is make sure you understand God's presence and how how important it is in your everyday life. And then I'm going to hopefully give you some practical steps on how to activate his presence in your life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Psalm 139, verse 7, Psalm 139, 7. And then I want you to find Genesis chapter 3, verses 8. That was Psalm 139.7 and Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. And before we start our journey, I want to start out by identifying three ways in which God's presence can be made known. Everybody say three ways. In other words, there are three ways in which God's presence can be manifested in our life. Here's the first way. It's the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God. And this means that God is everywhere. This means that God is everywhere at the same time. And that's why God is able to hear everybody's prayer. That's why God knows where everybody is. That's why God hears everything that we say. Because he has omnipresence. Everybody say omnipresence. Amen. And I love Psalm 139 because it explains... Better the omnipresence of God. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there as well. In other words, that is a description of the omnipresence of God. And and so that's why it's important for us, uh, you know, people... That are non-Christians, God still has access to them. 
because his presence is omnipresence. But then you have the inner presence of God. So you have the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. And then you have the inner presence of God. And this is where God's presence is inside of us by way of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love John fourteen seventeen because it actually describes it better. It says this, even, and this was Jesus talking, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you, watch this now, and shall be in you. So you have the omnipresence of God, which is everywhere, but then you have the inner presence of God. And this is where now the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of believers. And of course, that happens when we are born again of God's spirit. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have made Jesus your Lord, then whether you felt it or not, God's spirit came to live on the inside of you. But then you have the manifested presence of God. Everybody say the manifested presence of God. And this is where God makes his presence known. And he does it in so many different places and so many different ways. And this is why praise and worship in a church congregation setting is so important. Because God's presence will come and you will feel his presence. You will know his presence. And here's the problem. A lot of us only know God's presence when we're at church on Sunday. Then we go six days without it. And so my goal today is to make you more aware of God's manifested presence because it's not just for pastors. Amen. So... I have three points, and if you're a great class this morning, I think we'll get through all three of them. Here's the first point if you're taking notes. We're going to talk about God's manifested presence. God's manifested presence. Go to Genesis 3, verses 8. Genesis 3, 8. I'm going to set the story up. This story is about Adam and Eve. God gave Adam and Eve some instructions. He said, listen, you can eat of any tree in the garden that you want to, but there's this one tree that I don't want you to mess with. He says, if you eat of that, the day that you eat it, you're going to surely die. Well, Adam and Eve decided to disobey God. And so we pick up the story in verse 8. It says, and they heard. Everybody say, and they heard. They heard the voice of the Lord God. Now, let me just stop there and tell you this. God has a voice. And God can talk to you. Just touch your neighbor and say, God can talk to you. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from what? From the presence of the Lord. And then it says uh, in, uh, in the next part of the verse, which what's, let me just point out. This is interesting. Notice sin made them hide themselves. That's what sin does. Sin's not your friend. Just touch your neighbor and say, friend's not your, sin's not your friend. No, no, some of us are friends with sin. When you become a believer, you should, your sin count should go down, not up. So what happened is sin made them hide themselves. Let me just encourage you. We're all going to mess up at times. And that's why first John is so clear. It says, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us for our sin. Watch this though. And then cleanse us from unrighteousness. Most Christians, they only receive the forgiveness of God, but they don't activate the cleansing of God. 
See, the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ purges our conscience from dead works. Listen, the blood has the power to not only forgive you, but to cleanse you. Sometimes you have to take a blood bath. And when the devil's trying to bring up your past, just tell him that got drowned in the blood. Amen. Now, Genesis 3.8 is clear. They hid themselves from the presence of God. Now, that could not have been talking about the omnipresence of God. Because the omnipresence of God is everywhere. If, he said, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. Listen, there's no place that we can't be that the omnipresence of God is not there. So when they hid themselves from the presence of God, it couldn't have been talking about the omnipresence of God. It was talking about the manifested presence of God. Now, I want to give you a better example through scripture of this. Go to uh, Exodus 33. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look at the screen. Exodus 33. We're going to look in verse 13. Because you and I can walk in the manifested presence of God in our everyday lives. And my goal is to help you understand that and help you see how powerful that is. Because when you walk in the manifested presence of God, your life changes. You don't worry about stuff you used to worry about. Amen. Exodus 33, look at verse 13. This was talking about Moses. He was talking to God. Listen to what he says. He says, now therefore I pray to you, God, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight. And then he says, and consider this nation. Notice he wasn't just praying for himself. He says, and consider this nation, thy people. And he said, God will respond. He was responding to Moses. My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. And he said unto him, if your presence go not with me, carry us not up here. I love this about Moses because many times what we do is we say, well, God, I'm going to go do this. I'll see you when I get there. No, no. Moses was saying, listen, if your manifested presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. And I love this. It wasn't talking about the omnipresence of God because God was already where he was going. Do you agree with me on that? Okay, so this was the manifested presence of God. So let me give you a, a 2016 parable on how to clarify the difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifested presence of God. Let's say that today in this service, there was a multi-billionaire sitting here among us. His presence is here or her presence is here. But let's say that this multi-billionaire decided to make their presence known by giving everybody in attendance a million dollars. I'm just waiting to see if they are here today. (laughs) Manifest yourself in our presence. (laughs) How many want them to manifest themselves right now? Being here, his presence is here. But he made his presence known by giving everybody a million dollars. Well, that's what I'm talking about, the manifested presence of God. So if you're taking notes, let me help you define the word presence. It means the face of a person. When when, when you're in somebody's presence, you're typically looking at them. And so in Deuteronomy 34.10... 
It says, and there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. That word face to face is the same Hebrew word as the word presence. So when we're talking about the presence of God, we're talking about being face to face with God. That's what Moses was. Amen. And many times when we're here in worship, you can feel the weight or you can feel the presence of God in the room. And to me, that's what makes Christianity different than any other religion. You can't feel Buddha because he's dead. You can't feel Muhammad because he's dead. But Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. And we come in, and this is why you don't want to be late for worship, because the presence of God comes in. And man, let me tell you something. You know, when I used to call visitors, when they used to come, I would call them and ask them, hey, how was service? And, you know, because we cater to unchurched people or unsaved people as a church, in other words, they come here and and they, they can relate this experience to their life. And I would call them and say, hey, how was service? And they would say, there was a good vibe there. They couldn't describe in Christian vernacular that the Holy Spirit was there. So they, oh, it was a great vibe. <laughs> Sometimes we don't understand, you know. Uh, not too long ago, Heaven was visiting someone in the hospital. And uh, she pulled a guitar out and start playing a song and singing, you know, and that's fate because heaven don't like to sing in small environments. She wants to sing in big environments because heaven has big dreams for her life. <laughs> but it had to be God that moved on her heart. She's playing the song, you know, singing it. And the people in the room starts crying. And so she was trying to describe to my wife the feeling in the room. It was a, a weightiness, a thickness. Uh, and see, what she didn't realize that the Spirit of God had dropped in the room. And I'm going to show you at the end how to activate His presence in your life. Because some of you all are carrying burdens that you shouldn't be carrying. See, it's impossible for a burden to stay on your back when the presence of God shows up. Because He's a burden carrier. He's a yoke destroyer. Amen. So we talked about the manifested presence of God, and I'm going to show you how that works. But then the second thing I want to talk about is leaving the manifested presence of God, leaving the manifested presence of God. Can a person actually leave the manifested presence of God? Well, remember in Genesis chapter 3 when we talked about Adam and Eve and the Bible says they hid themselves from the presence of God. Well, if they hid themselves, that means they removed themselves from the manifested presence of God. I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. I'm talking about the manifested presence of God. And then if you go and look in Genesis chapter 4 verse 16, it talks about Cain. Now, remember, Cain was a killer. He killed his brother Abel. And when he did, the Bible says Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. So you can, watch this, leave the manifested presence of God. So now I want us to go to Jonah chapter 1 because I'm going to give you ways in which you and I can leave the manifested presence of God. Because see what happens is you can come to church, feel the presence of God or know the presence of God is here. And leave and Monday through Saturday not experience a thing. Well, I know by faith Jesus said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But it's good to get reminded that he's with me. 
I mean, you don't just want somebody that you're married to to just write you letters, don't you? Don't you want to talk to them? You know, texting is bad these days. I mean, it, people be fighting over texts. Yo mama, well, yo mama too. They fighting over texts. Well, we want to be in his presence. Now, let's see one of the ways in which we can leave the manifest the presence of God. It says now in verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, I want you to go to Nineveh that great city and I want you to cry out or preach against it for their wickedness has come up before me verse 3 but Jonah decided to flee to Tarshish watch this from the presence of the Lord it could not have been talking about the omnipresence so he decided to leave the manifested presence of God let's see what happened he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish Watch this. So he paid the fare and went down into it. Let me just say this. Anytime you disobey God, you pay. Yeah. yeah. If you buy a car God didn't want you to buy, you paying for it. No, no. See, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and add no sorrow. When God blesses you with something, it doesn't matter what your condition ends up being. He's going to help you because the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and doesn't make you feel sorry that you got it. Amen. So Jonah paid his way to Tarshish. And then it says he went down to it to go to Tarshish from the what? The presence of the Lord. Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. It couldn't have been talking about the omnipresence of God. So there are three primary ways that I want to show you this morning that you and I can leave the manifested presence of God. Here's the first way we can leave through disobeying him. We can leave through disobeying him. That's what Adam and Eve did. God told them not to do something and they did it anyway. And when God gives us instructions to do something, it's up to us to willfully obey or disobey. And in this situation, Jonah decided, I am not going to do what God told me to do. And anytime God tells us to do something, anytime he tells you not to date that unsaved woman or that unsaved man, if you don't listen to him, bye-bye presence. And see, some of us are wondering why our spiritual life feels like cold salami. Now, I like salami. But I don't want to feel like salami. And see, some of you all, God feels like he's way up in Mars somewhere. It's because maybe you are with somebody you shouldn't be with right now. And just look at your neighbor. Just look at them like I'm talking to them. Just look at them. Amen. We can leave through disobeying him. Here's the second way that we can leave. We can leave his manifested presence by disregarding him. You ever had a fight with your spouse or something and, and then they, they talking and you just leave out the room? That's disregarding. And some of us have disregarded God. Now, watch this, Exodus chapter 33, verse 13. Remember when I read it, when Moses was speaking face-to-face with God? What if Moses would have said, well, God, if you don't go, I'm going anyway. I, I think a lot of believers do this. I think we disregard God's leading or his direction, and we leave without his manifested presence. We just say, well, I'm going anyway. You know, uh, 
you, you, you're on your way to, to drop your son or daughter off to your ex's meeting location. I'm talking to somebody right now. And uh, when you get there, they have another person in the car with them of the opposite sex. So now you want to know if they with them. But it ain't even your business because you don't belong to them no more. And the Holy Spirit says to you, you can just feel them. See, some of y'all can feel the Holy Spirit right now because I'm talking to you. <laughs> this is interesting, what? And the Holy Spirit says, don't say anything. Let Junior out of the car. Let him walk over to the car. Don't say, don't look over, look straight. You don't even listen. You just roll the window down. So who is that? Oh, so she's supposed to take my place. Oh, I know that's a weave on her hair. Bring her out here. I'll snatch it off. What? <laughs> Presence gone. Gone. This is what happened to me when I threw coffee on that person years ago. I mean, the manifested presence was on me that day. I had spent some time with God. Man, I got up. I felt good that day. Took my kids to school. Kid. Landon wasn't here yet. Had dropped heaven off. Man, I'm just going in. I'm just minding my business. I'm going to go and get me some tall caramel macchiato with extra, extra, extra caramel on it. Spirit of God's on me that day. I walk in there. Hey, Evan, how would me we help you? I said, same order. Tall caramel macchiato with extra, extra, extra caramel. They write my name on the cup. They give it to the guy that makes the coffee. I looked at him. I didn't, I didn't know him. I had never seen him before. No big deal. They all have a formula that they use. So he fixes my coffee. I taste it. It doesn't taste right. I just need a little bit more caramel, just a little bit. So I put my cup back up there. I said, excuse me, sir. May I have some extra caramel? He says, no. You need to get back in line and pay for some more. I thought he was joking. I started laughing. <laughs> so I left my cup up there. One person get their coffee. Two person get their coffee. Three person get their coffee. And my coffee's still there. He ain't putting no caramel on it. Now I was walking in the manifested presence of God. But then I'm shifting from that to the flesh. I said, excuse me, sir. Did you hear me ask for some more caramel? He says, yes. And I told you, you need to get back in line and pay for some more if you want some more. Now I have shifted from the realm and the manifested presence is leaving. So I started arguing with him. Hey, man, no, no. So I pulled my receipt. I said, excuse me, sir. You see my receipt? I paid for extra karma. He says, I don't care. You need to get back in line and pay for some more. How many know the flesh is about to take over? (laughs) So finally, after I argued with him, he saw that I was not going to give up because I had already paid for extra, extra, extra karma. So he gets the caramel out, he pulls it in the cup, and I noticed that it was fine till the caramel went on the side of the cup. That means he's giving me caramel with an attitude. <laughs> right then and there, the manifested presence of God says, Eben, you need to go to the car. I said, Jesus, I'm not going to the car. <laughs> Eben, you need to go to the car. I said, Jesus, I'm not going to the car. Eben, you I said, Jesus, go to the car. I'll be there in a minute. Spirit, 
manifested presence, flesh, devil level. It's all happening in milliseconds. And before the voice, the voice, the devil does speak to you. I just want you to know that. He spoke to me and says, throw that coffee on that man. I obeyed the devil that day. The Lord was in the car now, so it's too late. The manifested presence is gone. Then I thought, hey, I've already sinned. I'm going to have to confess it to the Lord. I might as well finish. He's got the coffee. What is he missing? He's missing the cup. We leave his presence by disregarding him. I didn't listen that day. I wish I would have, but praise the Lord, it's too late now. Sometimes we disengage or disregard him by not listening to him. And then the third way that we leave his presence is through disengaging from him. Disregarding is just not listening. Disengaging is for pulling Back from him. Now this was to me. Christians do all the time. Because see. The prodigal son in the New Testament. Is a good description. Of how to disengage. From the presence of the father. This is what happens. When we go through things. And we allow what we're going through. To disconnect us. From our fellowship with God. A lot of Christians. They leave church. Oh they're still a member. But you don't see them for a while because they go through something. What they're doing is they're allowing what they're going through to disconnect their fellowship with God and with others. So we disengage when we disconnect when we're going through a hard time. We disengage when we stop attending church. We disengage, watch this, when we stop praying and reading his word. Let me say this too. The goal of spending time with God is communion and connection, not just for you to have a checklist of what you did that day. See, a lot of Christians, they fall into the checklist category. I read my Bible and I prayed. But did you get a connection? Did you feel his presence? Did you know he was there? If not, you're having, watch this, quiet time by yourself. We disengage when we isolate ourselves from God's people. We disengage when we allow the wrong perception of a situation to make us mad at God. So many Christians are mad at God. Some of you in this room, you're mad at God. Because he didn't come through the way you wanted him to come through. You Well, God, how did you let them lay me off from that job? Well, if you had some foresight about yourself, you would know he's going to work it together for your good, baby. If you had a little foresight about yourself, you would know that the new job he's going to give you pays much more than the old job that you got fired from. Never get mad at the person who, you, who can help you. The Bible says he's a very present help in time of trouble. If you get in some trouble, whether you got yourself in it or a situation got you in it, don't get mad, get glad because God's got a way out. 
But some people disengage with God because they're mad at him. Just touch your neighbor and say, are you mad at God? Which brings me now to my last point. Here's my last point. And that's number three. And that is entering his presence. Entering his presence. We've talked about God's manifested presence. We just went over leaving his presence. Now we're going to talk about how to enter his presence. And there are several ways to do this. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to go through three primary ways that you and I can enter into God's manifested presence. Here's the first one, by thanking him. So many of us are so focused on what we're going through, we can't even be thankful for what God has already done. When was the last time you spent some time thanking God? I know you, you know, you pulled out your Santa Claus list. I need God. I need you to do this, 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 this. No, no, no. Why don't you just enter his presence with thanksgiving in your heart? It says here in Psalm, I love this, Psalm 95 too. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. What does that look like? Man, you wake up. Before you pull your laundry list out, just thank him. Father, thank you for waking me up. Thank you that I have the, the, the movement of my limbs. Thank you for breath to breathe. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for a place to stay. Everything might not be perfect, but guess what? It doesn't have to be for you to thank him. In fact, faith says thank him before he does it. That's faith. It says, come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto him. It just told us two ways to enter his manifested presence. You do it through thanksgiving. And then he says, make a joyful noise. I love God. He's very specific. It didn't say make a good noise. It said a joyful one. Because some of us can't sing and he know it. You don't need to know how to sing with God. He just wants you to enter his presence with some joyful noise. He wants you to sing to him. In the morning, don't be putting on no take six and no no Tupac Shakur and Justin Bieber and the Isley Brothers and whoever else is out, Jay-Z and Beyonce and no, 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 no. They're not going to bring you into nobody's presence. Man, you put some music on and start singing to him. And then watch this. Something's going to happen. I love Psalm 104, which brings my second thing that we need to do. The first one was you need to thank him. The second one is to sing, praise and worship him. Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2 says this. uh, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all you lands. Watch this. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? With singing. When was the last time you sung to the Lord? I know you be in the car singing whatever you be listening to down the road. People be trying to figure out what is going on with you over there. Why don't you sing to him? Amen. Psalm 104 says, enter to his gates with thanksgiving. And then watch this. Come into his court with praise. See, praise is exalting who God is and what he can do. 
Worship is just you concentrating on him. And see, let me tell you, there are three things that happen when you do these two things that I just told you. I told you you need to thank him. I told you you need to sing and praise and worship him. Watch this now. Psalm 132 verse 7 says this. We will go into his tabernacle, the church, and we will worship at his footstool. The word worship means to bow down, but it also means to kneel. And you're wondering why your spiritual life is dry because you are doing life your way. God has protocol about himself. You just can't rush in to the president of the United States and say, I want to talk to president-elect Donald Trump. You know what's going to happen? The Secret Service is going to see you out. God has protocol. He says, come into my presence with some thanksgiving in your heart and then he says come on into my court with some praise sing talk to me tell me how much I love you see now if you're single this is the best way to practice on your future loved one by telling the Lord how you feel Lord I love you I'm like Jerome I'm going to earn your love <laughs> Even though we don't have to earn God's love, right? I mean, how many times are y'all expressing all this to some other people when God... See, and this is why some of y'all are not mad right now. Because, see, you want to save all that for Junior. Well, God is waiting. So there are three things that result is a result of his presence. When, see, when we do those things, when we sing and we praise and we worship God, Two things will happen. Here's number one. Psalm 1611 says, show me uh, your path of life. In your presence, watch this, is fullness of joy. Joy will come in your heart and joy will come in your life when you manifest his presence by singing, by praising, by giving thanks. And listen, when joy comes, sorrow has to leave. Oh, you don't need no antidepressive pills if you can just get in his presence. Oh, that's my prescription to you today. This is Dr. Connor now telling you what the Lord says. If you will just worship him and praise him and sing to him, joy is going to come. And when joy comes, see, joy is different from happiness. Happiness is conditioned about what you're going through. Joy don't care. He says, joy comes from being in his presence. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says this. Repent therefore, be converted and your sins will be blotted out. Watch this. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know what else comes when we're in God's presence? Refreshing. And when you look that word up, it means, watch this, revival. But it also means a cooling. If you are dry right now in your spiritual life, I want you to do what I'm telling you. Wake up in the morning. Put some music behind me. Where the musician at? Come on now. I'm going to close like this. See, I'm going to demonstrate to you what you're going to do tomorrow morning. Here we go. Now, you, you can play your own music. But I got mine right now. So, play my music for me, please. Let's say I just woke up. Before I even open my eyes, I don't need to to be thankful. 
right there in my bed. Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for your presence in my life. Lord, today I yield to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do today. Thank you for being such a great God. Thank you for supplying all of my needs. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my children. Thank you, Father, for my church. Thank you, Father, for the building that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that all of my needs are met. Thank you for helping me be a blessing to those you want me to bless. Thank you, Father, for your blood. Thank you for Jesus in my life. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for mercies being new in my life every morning. Thank you that I got a brand new story. Thank you that the past has been the past and now I'm going to press toward the things you have for me today. So I thank you for leading and guiding me today. I thank you for working things together for my good even before I get there. I thank you for making a way where there may not be a way. I thank you for making my enemies my footstool today. I thank you, Father, for helping me walk through whatever valley I need to because I know you're going to be there. You're going to thank him. And then you're going to slip into a song that you may know. It needs to be a spiritual one. Okay? I don't care what it is. Make sure it's a song that helps you exalt who God is. I think what we'll do is is record enough of the songs that we do here, put them on a CD, and just give them to you. What y'all think about that? Okay, so we're just going to record my four Sundays of songs, and then we're going to put it on a CD, and I can't sell them, so we're just going to give them to you. How many would like that? So then you put it in and you hear Pastor Polo singing. In times of trouble, hey. you are my fortress. Come on, close your eyes now. You in the, you in the room I with the Lord. And I will trust you. And I will trust you. In times of trouble, still you are with me. And I will trust you. Keep going. And I will trust you. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. And I will trust you. And I will trust you. I want you to look up and sing with him. In times of trouble, still you are with me. And I will trust you. And I will trust, come on, help me sing it. You are my refuge, you are my fortress, and I will trust you, and I will trust in times of trouble, times of trouble, still you are with me, and I will trust you. Here's my question. What is the Spirit of God saying to you today? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not, God brought you here to this place to give you an opportunity to make an eternity.